ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನಾಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿರ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 any questions from anyone from previous classes or any clarifications okay so what's sankacharya the main theme of uh, this 31 verses is is trying to tell you that only the knowledge of self will help liberate you from this terrestrial entanglement we call samsara all other religious practices alone will not liberate you. yeah he's not condemning them by saying that alone won't liberate you in verse 13 he said we have fallen how have we fallen as human beings we have fallen how how what does he mean by fallen perfect we're motivated by acquisition and enjoyment that's how we've fallen we we're forgetting the real purpose and instead we're trying to taste the honey that picture dipa sent this morning <laughs> so very appropriate so we're all just uh, while we're in that situation we're just uh, putting our tongue out and trying to taste a few drops of honey even though the reality is calling us but we're not hearing that message so we've fallen that's what he means by that wake up get up find out who you are find out your real purpose and this is what he's trying to tell us in a nutshell acquisition and enjoyment will never satisfy you The only way you will get permanent happiness satisfaction will be if you seek your true personality. You're not this body mind intellect, you are the self, Atman. Part of the all pervading consciousness, what we call God. This is what we are. This is who we are. So get up. Find out the reality. Your true purpose as a human being. Don't waste this lifetime. this is what he's trying to say but he has to tell you in a language that you understand so he has to break it down you know desires what are you chasing um the fact the uh how any breaks it down how the world will not satisfy you in little chunks so that we understand it that's what he's trying to say because we don't understand the highest language so you have to lift you to get uh, up with the language you understand So just a recap on uh, the last few verses verse 14 to 17 he tells us the theme of it is that first of all it talks about desires how that they cannot be eradicated through certain practices <coughs> and he also talks about um people who are so called spiritual just because they wear colored robes shaven head chants the gita all these things in today's day and age that externally is a sign of being a spiritual person don't be fooled by it he said 
doesn't matter how you are outside. What matters is what's going on inside. Are you conscious of your desires? Are you trying to reduce your desires? Because only that will take you to the goal. And actually, before these 31 verses finishes, probably last class next, next week, he'll show you exactly how reducing your desires will take you to that end goal. We'll be doing a diagram, <coughs> which is very self-explanatory of how doing these three yogas takes you to the end goal. There's a formula, and that will be in next week's class. And it's so straightforward. Exactly. <laughs> it's applying it, and this is what we're trying to do. But the formula is very simple. So, only reducing your desires will take you to the end goal. He also talks about how desires never leave you. No matter how many desires you fulfill, they will still be there. You become old, your body doesn't function properly, still your desires don't leave you. You can't reduce them by fulfilling them. That's what he said. That was the first, uh, the, that was the one of the verses on desires. The second one, it, it said, giving up everything you own, living under a tree with a begging bowl, and with no possessions except the clothes on your back, even then desires will not leave you. So you can't reduce them by giving up. Then the last verse, 17, it said, by doing charity, by doing pilgrimages, doing all the ritualistic practices, even if you do these for 100 years, desires will not leave you. So you have to ask, how do I get rid of them? All those things we're all doing, but they're saying no. So why will, by doing all those things, will desires not leave you? What's missing out of all those practices? What's missing? Why can't desires leave you by doing all those things? What's missing? They're all good acts. What's missing? There's one thing missing, which is what we're doing here. Unselfishness. Unselfishness. Knowledge. Knowledge. Lack of knowledge. All those acts are very noble and good. But the missing component is lack of knowledge. You're doing all these acts mechanically, not knowing why you're doing it. Does, does that make sense? Without, but without knowledge of your end goal, you're doing all these acts, but you don't know what the goal is. They'll stagnate you. Without the knowledge, they'll stagnate you. They won't take you to your end goal because you don't know where you're going and how to get there. All those spiritual acts that you have performed now or in your previous life has got you to this stage. So all those things that you've been doing, spiritual things, that acts that you've been doing, has brought you to this stage now. So they have been all fruitful. Now with knowledge, you have the option to continue it. Is that clear? Everything you've done in your past life, we say cause and effect, has brought you to this stage today. Now the missing component is given to you, but whatever cause you have done in your past life, the missing knowledge is now given to you 
you have a choice to continue your spiritual path. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Megna? When you talk of the choice, so for example, we're all here. There might be loads of people here, but then they choose not to pursue it. So, what is it that, obviously something has brought us here, but then there are times when we think this just isn't right for us, and we then leave it. What, what cause and effect is that then? Like, you know, in a sense, because it seems as if we would think that this was a chosen path, We've all been chosen to be here, but actually some of us decide to pursue it, some of us don't. Desires. The so desires for the world are stronger than the spiritual path. Uh, At this moment in time, it may change. But you know that this is accessible, this is available. When you're ready, you will go on the path. So it's, it's clouded. Clouded by desires. It's not as clear, clear, crystal clear as it is to... You come so across the knowledge and you understand it's helping me. I understand what it's saying. It all makes sense to me. But I'm not ready to take that leap. That leap of faith. Because your, your desires for the world are much still a lot stronger. That may change. And when it changes, you know that it's available to you. That book is in your library. The classes are still going, etc. So you will find that um, it takes effort. This is the point. It's not easy. It takes effort. You know, the effort of coming here Sunday morning. The effort of studying. Once you start studying in the morning, that's an effort. So it's not. It's not easy in the sense. It's easy, but you have to put effort in. And you have to have faith that this is going to take me there. At least bring your happiness. It's that will automatically do. Once you tread on this path, you automatically will find happiness. I guarantee you that. But you need to have the courage. It's not that difficult. The only thing stopping you is yourself. Is that okay? Everyone's made up of the same components and everyone has the Atman within them. There's no difference between anyone. The only difference is your desires. Some are more, someone, some people have it more clouded and some not. Some has more powerful desires which they have to fulfill before they can go on this path. That's why they're not, they're not here. Um, you know, uh, some people recognize that the advantage and the benefit of this subject, but are not willing to put the effort in. So there's different uh, scenarios, but eventually you will get there. Yeah? So today we're going to do verse 18 to 24, and then next week 25 to 31. So it's 7 today and 7.
So they've discussed how desires cannot be eradicated by doing the, the, the said mentioned um, acts in the last three verses. Now he's going to show you how you do, how you can reduce your desires, yeah? Remember I said last week that the next class tells you. So I'll chant first and then... Uh, verse 18. Dwelling under tree in temple, sleeping on the ground, wearing skin, renouncing all possession and enjoyment, to him will not dispassion bring happiness. So this verse describes a true ascetic, a person on the spiritual path, how he can conduct his life and be spiritual in this world. You've got to remember this was written thousands of years ago. So wearing skin meaning, you know, they, 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 these these. Uh, souls would be in the Himalayas or somewhere, so they'll be sleeping in the rough and so on. So you don't have to take it literally. So, what's it mean? So, 15, 16, 17 said you can't get rid of desires from rituals and charities and so on. So, in this verse, he says, a person who is free from a possessive attitude. Remember, we discussed possessive attitude before, minus. My house, my wife, my car, my child. Meaning not attached to anything in the world. Who is not attracted to sensual enjoyments. In the verse it says, Someone who lives in the open has given up all his possessions. This person is free. He's not attached to sensual enjoyments. So you can't take this literally. Yeah, Don't go home and give everything up and... <coughs> Start living in the grounds of the Hare Krishna temple. Yeah, that's not what he means. Yeah. See, actually, we can't give anything up. You know, we can't. What he means? What, what does anyone know? What he means by by this verse? What does he mean? How can you be a spiritual person and keep everything you have? Like not being affected by not being affected. What you have. You have to give these things up mentally. The craving for it. If I have this, if I have that, this is mine. That is the craving. You have to give that thought up. You can still live in your mansion, drive your 4x4, four four, go on exotic holidays, but mentally you're not bothered, attached to any of it. Does that make sense? You're not motivated by acquisition and enjoyment. You are aware of your goal in life and you are pursuing it amongst everything that you have. The path is clear. This is where I need to get to. This is, I am born in this environment. I don't need to go and live in a jungle. 
I am content with everything I have. If I get more come my way, that's fine. I'll take it. But I'm not affected either way. Because my path is this. Reducing my desires and getting to this goal. That doesn't mean you don't go to your parties or you don't do things. These are your obligations. But that mental detachment is there. You're not affected either way. This is how you reduce your desires. So you're living your life as you are, but your attitude is changed. Changed by this understanding. It takes time to get to that stage. You have to practice slowly. And for this, you need this knowledge. So, even though you're acting and enjoying all these sense objects, all these things, the thoughts are within. You're an introvert. The opposite of this is you're an extrovert, indulging in the world. So, right now we're all mostly extroverted people. We're looking at the world for our happiness. Change that stance and look inwards. I am the reality, I am the Atman, I am that God principle. I don't actually need anything to give me happiness. I'm Puripurna, meaning I'm fully content. That's the attitude you need to have. Anita. It's just that thought. I'm content and happy. I don't need another kitchen. So one is introvert, one is extrovert. So even though you have the best that life can offer, you have no real value for it. You accept them, but your heart is on the higher. Your thoughts are constantly on, I need to get out of this samsara. Is this going to help me get out of this samsara? This is what I'm doing. That way you're aware of your desires and you're making sure you're not multiplying them. My goal is this. Increasing desire is going to take me away from that distance, from that goal. Decreasing my desires is going to get me to that goal. So how can I behave without increasing my desires? You have desires at the moment which you're exhausting. How can I not, what can I do not to increase them because we're multiplying them all the time? What can I do so that I don't increase my desires and I exhaust only the ones that I have? So, you need to become introvert. Look within, not look without, not look outside. See, now you're gaining this knowledge, you can start looking within. The extrovert who has no knowledge is not aware of this. He may have less than what you have, live in a small house, have a menial job, and making ends meet. But he could be poor in the sense he's increasing his desires. He's unaware. And you can have everything and you could be reducing your desires. Does that, does that, does that make sense? So don't think I need to do this or I need to give up this. You don't have to give anything. Just an attitude change. See, even though you have so much, you're moving in the right direction. The person may not have so much, but he's moving in the wrong direction. He's increasing his desires. 
he's going the opposite way. Even though he may be doing all spiritual things, he's going the opposite way. There's a story, I'm not going to go into it, but King Janaka, you can probably Google it. He was a very, very rich king, but completely detached. He had everything, but he was completely detached. That mental, he, was, he became self-realized, even though he was a king and had a whole kingdom. So what he's trying to point out is, it's the attitude. You can be a king or queen or anything. It doesn't matter what you have. It would be a millionaire, billionaire. It's your attitude. But that's how you reduce your desires. Any questions on that? The next verse will tell you a bit more in detail. Yogartova Bogartova Sangartova Sangavihinaha Vasya Brahmani Ramate Chittam Nandati Nandati Nandatayeva Yogartova Bogartova Sangartova Sangavihinaha Vasya Brahmani Ramate Chittam Nandati Nandati Nandatayeva Reveling in spiritual discipline or sensual enjoyment. Reveling in company or without company. He whose mind rests in Brahman reality, he is happy, happy, indeed happy. So the last verse we said, where are your thoughts? So he's saying, it's showing in more detail, the fact that you can be reveling in sense objects. It doesn't matter what your act is. It's not what you do in life, but how you do it. That's what he means. See, we generally think being spiritual is giving up everything and wearing orange robes, living in an ashram. Sankacharya is saying that is not the case. Yoga or boga, meaning spiritual discipline. Yoga means spiritual discipline. Sensual enjoyment means boga. Boga means sensual enjoyment. It doesn't matter if you're doing spiritual discipline or you're in sensual enjoyment. It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Where is your mind? Where is your thoughts? You may be doing spiritual acts, you may be enjoying yourself at a party, but where is your mind? If your mind is on Brahman, you are happy, happy, happy. Why happy three times? Why does it say happy three times? Because your mind is focused on Brahman, your intellect is focused on Brahman and your body's, body. Yeah. Three equipments. So you're happy at the physical level, at the mental level, at the intellectual level. So you can be doing anything in life. If your mind is on the higher, you are a spiritual person. So whenever you're doing something, your wife says, what are you doing? I'm thinking of Brahman. <laughs> Even then, you'll be starting thinking of Brahman. Just because you made that excuse, I better start thinking of Brahman now. You see, so it works that way as well. <laughs> so it's not what you do, but how you do it. Example. I had Karan on here, but he's not here. So Rishi and Kushal. Both friends. 
Rishi say, let's go to a party. My friend is having a party. It'll be great. You say, you know what, Rishi, I would love to come, but today's Thursday and I go to the mandir for my prayers. Rishi, you're at the party thinking Kushal is so great, he gave up this party so he can do his prayers. And you're thinking of the prayers he is doing, Rishi, while you're in the party. Kushal, you're at the Monday. Instead of the prayers, you're thinking of Rishi, how he must be enjoying the party, <laughs> food he is eating, what he must be drinking, dancing. Now, who's being spiritual? You being at the Mandir are thinking of the party. Rishi's at the party thinking of the Mandir. This is what he means. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, but where is your thoughts, your mind? This is what makes you spiritual. See, the body acts as it is directed by the mind or the intellect. So you can't judge by what the body is doing. That's why he says, where is the mind? That's what makes you spiritual. Make sense? So don't go by what people are acting, the way people are acting. Where are their thoughts? And you don't know that. That's why even people who are spiritual, so say spiritual, with robes and everything, you don't know where their mind is. Verse 20. Bhagavad Gita Kinjita Dita Ganga Jalala Vakani Kapita Sakrada Piena Murari Samarcha Kriyate Tasya Yamanena Charcha Bhagavad Gita Kinchita Dita Ganga Jalala Vakanika Pitaha Sakrada Piena Murari Samarcha Kriyate Tasya Yamanena Charcha He who has studied the Bhagavad Gita, even a little, drunk a little drop of Ganges water, worshipped Murari, at least once, he has no contention with Yamma, Lord of Death. Murari is another name for Krishna. Yeah. So he's saying, who has studied a, a little bit of Bhagavad Gita, drunk a drop of Ganges water, worshipped Krishna at least once, he is free. He's no contention with Yamma, Lord of Death. Yeah, Yamma, Lord of Death, his name is Yamma. So, what does this verse mean? So he tells you how to get to that goal. Now we're talking about how to get to that goal. How to reduce our desires. Study the Gita even a little. Drink a drop of Ganges water and worship Krishna. He gives the three disciplines to reduce one's desires. Why three disciplines, everyone? BMI. BMI, body, mind, intellect. Each discipline for, see we've abbreviated now instantly, <laughs> this is great. 
Constantly, everything is given in threes because of our three equipments. Three yogas, bhakti, karma, jnani, made for the three equipments. We're using those three equipments to get to the fourth, which is the Atman. First one is for the intellect. Studying the Gita, you're gaining knowledge. With knowledge, you can go through the ups and downs of life without being too affected. That's why when I said even a little bit of this knowledge can bring you happiness. How can it bring you happiness? It helps you go through ups and downs of life. How does it help you? How does it help you get through ups and downs of life? Understanding. Understanding what? Like, uh, Understanding others. Understanding uh, others. Everyone acts nature. based on their nature. Everyone has to act based on their nature. You understand that. You're more forgiving. Okay? And what else? How else does this knowledge help you get through the ups and downs of life? It, it stops you fearing because if you, if you know it, eternity is continuing, your soul, your atmosphere is continuing anyway. So whatever is happening around you would not affect you because you actually focus on moving forward anyway. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Anything else? Not permanent. Not permanent. Good one. Not permanent. There's a death in the family, as Ravi said. You understand? This is the course of nature. Birth is followed by death. You're able to deal with it more. You know, some people, their life finishes. Someone dies in their family, their life is finished. They've died. Literally. Lack of knowledge, lack of understanding. The mind is completely taken over their personality. A little bit of knowledge, you understand, as Ravi said, death follows birth. No matter who you are. Queen of England. It's a natural course. What's there to be worried about? And you understand, it is only the death of the body. He or she will be reborn. With this knowledge, you understand I have wealth today. It can leave me any time. Understand I have youth today. Tomorrow I will be old, Rishi. We're all going to be old. We understand the laws and values of life, which we don't understand at the moment. We just go through our life continuously taking anything that comes. We're happy, we don't, we reject it, we're unhappy. But we don't understand the laws of life. Pairs of opposites. The whole world is made up of pairs of opposites. Shemila. Your husband can be really, really good mood one day. You know that the possibility of him being in a bad mood tomorrow is very high. Pairs of opposites. <laughs> so really, it's the... It's the um It's our attachment that causes those that sort of up and ups and downs, isn't it? Because even like you're saying, if we lose someone that's close to us, it's actually our attachment to them that's causing us that pain and suffering. It's not them that's causing. You know, that's you know, it's whether even if you've acquired something, a car or a house or something, and that house burns down or 
it's our attachment. That's Absolutely, everything is your attachment. You wouldn't feel anything. Like I said, if it's your car and you get scratched, you feel it. If it's your neighbor's car and get scratched, you don't feel it because you're attached to your car. That's life. Every, everyone's attached to whatever belongs to them. It's an extension of their personality. That's why you're attached to it. So he's saying it's not the amount of knowledge, guys. This is the this is a the, this is a really uh, good one because you don't have to go to an ashram for years. You don't have to do all these things. It's not the amount of knowledge you gain, but how deep you study the little knowledge that you have gained. Yeah. So not the length, but the depth you study. Hence, he said, even if you study the the Gita a little bit. You can study the whole Gita and not get the message. The person can recite the whole Gita off heart and not get the message. You can study and think, meditate on just one verse. I am Brahmasmi. I am God and reach your goal. So it's not the depth, it's not the length, it's the depth of study. So a little knowledge can change your whole personality. So that's for the intellect. The second one, drink, drink a drop of Ganges water. That is devotion. The Ganges is a holy river. It stands for the reality. People bathe in there. Why? So they want to become one with the reality. The Ganges represents the reality. So when you bathe in there, it, mean, it represents a person becoming one with the reality. It means devotion to the higher. I don't understand the reality, God, but I surrender, bow down to this divinity. Even if you are able to perform that, that is good enough. You don't actually have to drink Ganges water. It's actually quite polluted. But... The alternative is bowing down to the higher. I don't understand. That's what gives me life. That's what gives me everything I have. I bow down to that reality. That divinity. And for the body, worshipping Krishna. This reference represents service and sacrifice. Karma Yoga aimed at the physical body. When you serve others, you're not catering to your own desires. So in essence, you're reducing them. So the first one, intellectually, you understand this is my goal. What's in my way? My desires. Okay, I need to start reducing my desires to get to that goal. Second one is devotion. I don't understand who this higher being is, but I bow down, helping you reduce your desires. The third one is service. You're thinking of others instead of yourself. That's helping you reduce your desires. So that's karma, bhakti, jnana. Yeah, the three paths to liberation. So by doing these three disciplines, you will reach immortality, meaning self-realization. This is what the verse says. Thereafter, you are no longer scared of death, meaning you understand what this life is all about. Right now you are all scared of Lord Yamma. 
You're all scared of Lord Yama, death. Because you don't know where you're going and what's going to happen to you. That's why you're scared. When you get the knowledge, you understand where I'm going and what's going to happen to me. Then that fear is gone. That's what he means by that verse. So I've alleviated everyone's... You don't need to be scared anymore, especially in this classroom now. Verse 21. Punarapi janam, punarapi maranam, punarapi janijatha resayanam, iha samsabahudustare, kripaya pare pahi murare. Punarapi jananam, punarapi maranam, punarapi janijatha resayanam, iha samsabahudustare. Kripaya pare pahi murare. Very famous verse. Repeated death, rips, repeated birth, repeated death. Repeated line in mother's womb. This samsara terrestrial entanglement is unending, difficult to cross over. O murari, safe through your grace. So in the previous verse, Sankara gave us three spiritual disciplines and if we follow and practice them, what happens? We follow and practice them? You, you get out of the circle. Get out of the circle. We, we reduce our desires and reach our goal. Yeah, that's what he said in the previous verse. Here he says, if you this, is what I, this is what I'm telling you. If you do not practice these disciplines, then you go through the repeated cycle of birth and death, and in the process, we continue to suffer. Suffer how? How do we suffer? By being in the cycle. Being in the cycle. As we said, the world is made of pairs of opposites, dwandwas, ups and downs, heat and cold, happiness and misery, rich and poor, birth and death. We continue to suffer from these pairs of opposites. Once again, you see, uh, Deepa helped me this today by sending that uh, picture. God is help holding his hand out. So he's saying, these are the parts to get hold of that hand. If not, you see the snakes, you see the lions, you see the crocodiles, whatever. And a little bit of honey you're getting. In, in, that's, not, that's not the real real happiness, you need to get out of it. This is how I'm telling you how to get out of it. If not, you'll continue to suffer. This is what he's saying. Desires take you from one experience to another. You continue to fulfill desires throughout your life. It is never ending. Even death is to fulfill a desire. Because your body has become old and can no longer continue to fulfill your desires, so you discard it. That's what death is. Your desires are too much. Your body can't handle it. It's old, decrepit. You want to play tennis. You can't play tennis anymore. You, 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 you discard your body and you take on a new body. 
So they say, be careful what you, de what you desire when you're old. Be careful what you desire. You, you know, you don't want, if, you, if that desire is too strong, the next time you're reborn, you never know. So be careful what you desire. So when you discard it, and you get a new, new body, that's birth and death. That's the cycle. Did you know even the parents you choose is so that you can fulfill your desires? The parents don't choose the child, the child chooses the parents. You have a desire for music, you'll choose parents who are musically orientated. So you can fulfill your desire for music. So you choose your environment which suits best to exhaust your desires. If you have a desire to eat meat, and you're born to a, Brahm, a Brahmin family, you're not going to be able to exhaust that desire, you're going to get frustrated. You'll be born into a family that you can eat meat, exhaust those desires. So we choose our next environment based on the desires we have. There is a scientific explanation about desires, but we're not going to go into it today because we're not on that. But it tells you your amount of desires you have, a little bit falls out and you take a birth. When those desires are completed, the next lot comes out and you take the next birth. So what those desires are, you need to, you need to exhaust them. So you're right now a bundle of desires and there's lots more waiting. This is what he's saying. Would you then use the word karma being the same as desires? Because as people normally say, you're where you are based on your karma. So karma means cause and effect. Cause. So based on your last actions, your past actions, this life and last life and previous lives is where you are now. This is what I'm saying. To come, I mean, to come across this subject, you you would have had to do some good deed in order, not just to come across this, but to be interested in this subject. You would have had to have done some good deeds. Because it knocks on many people's doors, but they don't open the door. So you have to have done some. But the choice is yours if you want to continue, as I said in the beginning. So when you change your focus from the world to the spirit within, you overcome all these changes, these dwandwas, pairs of opposites. You are no longer affected by them. You are no longer caught up in this terrestrial entanglement samsara. You reach the goal in life. So if you don't do it, you want to suffer, you carry on. If you want to stop your suffering, this is what you need to do. This is what he's saying. The choice is yours. They are, in the scriptures they always say, it's up to you. No one, nothing is ever forced. This is what happens if you do it, this is what happens if you don't do it. The choice is yours. You all have free will. At least you're, go, you're making your choice with an informed decision. Now you have the answers. Now you make the choice based on what you want to do. Before you don't have answers, so you're blindly doing it. So it's not your fault. 
So this, this knowledge is dangerous as well because now you understand. Now you know, it's my fault. Do I do it? If I don't do it, you can't say I didn't know. Ratya-chalpata-virachita-kantaha-punya-punya-vivarachita-panthaha Yogi Yogani Yojita Chitto Ramati Palon Matavadeva The sage who wears a shawl made of street rags, whose path transcends merit or demerit, whose mind is well united to yoga, revels just as a child, a madman. So he's describing an enlightened sage, someone who's reached that goal. How is he? Uh, Joshna Ben, you asked me last week how many self-realized people there are. So this explains to you when someone is self-realized, how he behaves. So now you'll know, you can recognize them. And you'll be saying, oh, this guy must be self-realized. But she won't know what's in their mind. No, but she'll have some idea. Do you expect like, some kind of less frustration? They're not as very calm person. Absolutely. Nothing faces them. Yeah. Mm. That's one of those things. One of the effects. So he describes a self-realized person. Sankacharya describes a self-realized person. He's dispassionate towards the world. This is symbolized by him wearing street tracks. Yeah? He doesn't need anything. Don't take it literally. He doesn't mean that he has no desires. His actions are not motivated by desire. So the fact he's alive... He has desires. Everyone, even if you reach self-realization, you still have desires. What's the difference? He's not, he's not he's he's acting on his desires because he has no choice. Not affected. He's not affected. He's not creating any new desires. See, let's say you so, let's say we say you reach self-realization. After this class, you think, whoa. That doesn't mean you're, you're dead because you've got no more desires. You've exhausted all your desires. You still have desires that you're born with, which you have to exhaust. You won't create any new ones. You're not affected by anything. You're just exhausting this life with the desires you're born. But th there's no more desires created. The fact that you're born, you have X amount of desires which you have to exhaust in this lifetime. So then does the cycle continue in the next one? No, that's it. You've completely, you've exhausted all your desires. The ones you, all the part, all the desires that are waiting have been exhausted. You've realized the purpose of life and you've reached that goal. The only desires you have left are the ones you were born with. And you're not creating any new ones. But I thought self-realization self is a state of desirelessness. 
desirelessness. So you're just functioning in the world. You're functioning in the world, whatever desires you have left when you were born. See, it's like they, the way they explain it is they say, imagine a car is traveling at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. The petrol runs out. It's not going to suddenly stop. It will still continue for another mile or two. Yeah. Because it's on, in motion in physics. You can't stop it. It will carry on continuing. Similarly, your petrol has run out, meaning your desires have you've exhausted all your desires. But the desires that you still have left are still propelling you to act. But you're not affected by anything. So it doesn't mean that you die instantly because all your desires are exhausted. You've, you've, you've stopped that cycle of birth and death. But that's why you can be living amongst self-realized people and you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't recognize it. He's dispassionate towards the world. He has no desires. His actions are not motivated by desires. He leaves no footprint of desires, good or bad. See, when you act, you can act either with a selfish desire or unselfish desire. Your action is propelled by selfish or unselfish. Is everyone clear that? You can say, this is mine, I'm going to eat it, I'm not going to share it with anyone, or I'm going to share this with everyone. That's an unselfish desire, yeah? Very simply put. When you act with a selfish desire, you create further unselfish desires. Selfish desires. When you, when you act with a selfish desire, you create further selfish desires. Apunya. When you act based on unselfish desires, you create more unselfish desires. Punya. So a self-realized person, when he acts, he leaves behind no impression, good or bad desire. This is called acting selflessly. So you got selfish, unselfish, selflessly. We're not going to discuss selfless actions today, but there are three types of desires propelling you. Your actions are propelled by three desires. Selfish, unselfish, which we've explained. Selfless. Selfless, when you're acting on selfless desires, no further desires are created. Just, just remember that for now. We'll talk about that more in another class. When a dog walks in the snow, he leaves footprints. That's what we're doing, leaving footprints, desires. When a bird flies in the sky, there are no footprints, no desires. That's how a self-realized person behaves. He leaves no footprints. Footprints meaning desires, good or bad. His mind is united to yoga. What does that mean? His mind is constant. His mind is united to yoga. Does everyone know what yoga means? In Indian language, yoga means in uh, yoga means to get back to the self, to reunite. In the Indian language, and in and in English, it religion. Religion means yoga. To join back. It does not mean stretching and making poses. The name has been mis misused in the West. Yoga does not mean there's yoga classes going there yet. Yeah? 
which they're all stretching, which is fine. But the, the actual word yoga means to reunite with the self. That's what it means. Anything that, that's why it's called karma yoga, bhakti yoga, jnana yoga. Yeah? None of those involve stretching. Yeah? Means you're using these three paths to yoga, join back to the self. So that's what yoga means. So a self-realized person's mind is constantly united to yoga. Means while he's acting selflessly, his mind is constantly on the higher, the self. Now, his behavior. He behaves like a child, a madman. This refers, refers to his state of mind. How? A child is not worried about the past or anxious about the future. Similarly, a self-realized person has none of these anxieties. His mind remains in the present. The reference to a madman, there's a reference to a madman. He behaves like a madman. So what, what's a, what is a madman, a mad person? How would you? Section of how we feel someone is, so we will classify them as. Because we don't understand them. Because, yeah, he's not. Okay. Exactly. A, a madman can live in society with everyone, but sometimes he be behaves in a way we don't understand. Hence we say he's a bit off, a bit mad. Yeah. Similarly, a self-realized person lives with us like normal, but sometimes his mind goes in a dimension that we don't understand, a spiritual dimension. We might say, this guy's mad. He may start talking in a language we don't understand or behave in a way we don't understand. What time is it? There's a quick story to explain this. Some of you may have already heard it. So there's this old man living in a village. He comes from nowhere. Nobody knows where he's come from. And in this small village, he, stayed, he lives there on his own. Every morning, he wakes up. There's a little hill and there's a big boulder. He takes the boulder and he takes it all the way to the top. It takes him two hours to take it to the top. And then he releases the boulder and he starts laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah? Every morning he does that. So these villagers, they see, they do, they see him every day, nine o'clock he does that. And they think, this guy's mad. What's he doing? In fact, people come from other villages to see what this guy's doing. Then one day, this group of people come. This group of people are looking for their guru. They don't know where he's disappeared to. And they're going from village to village saying, have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? They describe him. So they come to this village and they said, have you seen this man? We're looking for him. He's our guru. So the guy says, what? You mean this madman? There's a madman here. He, every morning he takes this boulder up takes him two hours to up, get it to the top, and he releases it and he starts laughing. And, and it's very, very funny. People come from all over to see this. So, they, so these guys said, look, can you take me to him? So they take him. Nine, he goes, nine o'clock, a bit earlier, but nine o'clock we'll go there. So nine o'clock they all go there. And they said, look, here he is. He's taking that boulder up the top. And he releases the boulder. He said, what are you talking about? This is our guru. He's a self-realized soul. We, he teaches us every... We don't know where he disappeared to. You don't understand what he's doing. He's saying that you have this life. As a human being, you're born... 
after how many lifetimes you're born as a human being and you're struggling and struggling and you're taking, you're wasting your time doing these silly things and you're, you're wasting your life. But when he releases a boulder, he's saying it means you're wasting your time. You're putting so much effort into all the wrong things. And he's laughing about it. So he's like acting like a madman, but we don't understand. We think he's mad. So they said, Guru, come on, please. We want to reach your state. Let's go back. So that's why we think someone is mad. We don't understand. But we don't understand what he's trying to say to us. So this is a self-realized person. This is how he behaves. Why we don't understand it? Why we don't understand him? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge? We're not there. We're not there, exactly. Once again, Krishna Bin, last, last week when you asked me that question, and I quickly explained to you about the three states of consciousness, deep sleep, dream state, waking state. When you're in a dream, the dreamer does not understand the waker. He doesn't know there's a waking state. In a dream, you could be someone completely different. You tell the dreamer in the dream, this isn't your state. This is just a dream. He will say, what are you talking about? This is my world. This is my wife. This is my children in the dream. You can't tell him there's another state. It's only when you wake up you realize it was a dream. You've now reached the third state of consciousness. Similarly, self-realized person is on the fourth state of consciousness. We can't understand him because we're not there. We're in, still in the third state of consciousness. Hence, we cannot understand him. This is exactly what the scriptures are saying. You're not in the waking world. You're, there's a fourth state. You're not this person. You're the self. Get to that fourth state. But we don't understand. Look how many classes we have to come to to understand. And it's filled with understanding. Because it's difficult to get out of it. This samsara entanglement is so alluring. It's so magnetic that it's difficult. That's why we have to do all these things. So it's difficult to get out. It takes effort. Not impossible. Difficult. So we don't understand that state. Verse 23. Kastvam koham Vishvam tyaktva swapna vicharam Kastvam koham kuta ayataha kame janani kome tataha Itipari bavaya sarvam asaram Vishvam tyaktva swapna vicharam Who are you? Who am I? From where have I come? Who is my mother? Who is my father? Thus inquire, 
having renounced the entire world as essenceless, born of imagination. Now, we covered something similar in a couple of classes ago. Was everyone here for that? Where we were discussing about cause and effect, who's your first father, we we're all here for that, aren't it? So this is a very similar scenario. He's saying, he wants you to think. Ask yourself these questions. When you think about these questions, you realize your ignorance, your lack of knowledge. Who is my father? Who is my mother? Who am I? There are no answers to these things. If you keep going back, there is no answer. What that's, when you question your, when you, when you raise those questions, and you come to the conclusion that there is no first father, there is no first mother, it makes you think, maybe, maybe, this is an illusion, just like my dream last night. Deep sleep, dream state, waking state, fourth state. How do we know which is the real state? You've all seen that film Inception, haven't you? <laughs> they don't know which state that's, that's real. Even the guys going back, they don't understand which is the real state. I think uh, someone, someone read about this and made that movie. How do we know? We're here talking right now. How do we know this is the right, real state? Until we, same way you don't know the dream. Exactly. So he's saying, raise these questions. Ask yourself these questions. When, when, you, when you start thinking of these questions, you'll come to the conclusion, can this be an illusion as well? It's only in the waking state that we can think of perceiving something higher. I mean, I don't know. I can't think that I would think of what we're thinking of, reducing my desires, thinking of the higher, studying, gaining knowledge. Can all that be done in the dream? No, you can't. So it's only the waking state that yep. matters. And that's why we give so much importance to it then. Yeah, we're not saying you, this is the state you can, you can so get out of. It's only in the waking state that we can think of something higher. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's only in the waking state that we have a cause and effect. Uh, yes, you have a, a more real cause and effect. In the dream state also you have not an accurate cause and effect. But the cause and effect... In a dream... You get in a car accident, you end up in hospital, in the dream. So there is a cause and effect. You can't get away from it. But it's not real. You understand it's not real. And it's not... Only when we wake up. Yeah, it's not immediate cause and effect. You see, it's clouded. It's not accurate. Here, it's more accurate. And that's why we're stuck here then. But they're showing you how to get out of it. Yeah, but how can you perceive something that you can't really perceive to have no cause and effect, no thought of the self? Because it's only in this state of consciousness that we can 
even work on perceiving something else. So therefore, that's why we give it so much importance. Yeah. What's the difference between the dream state and the waking state? Why can't in the dream state you be able to gain self-realization? Why is it? What's the difference? Less control. Less control? Well, no control. Okay, let's discuss, let's say, let's, let me ask you a different. What is a dream? Mind's imagination. No physical body, no intellect, just the mind's imagination. In the waking world, we have the body, we have the mind, and we have the intellect. So we have a lot more equipment to use to get out. In a dream, you don't have any of those available. You can't practice the three yogas in the dream. It's just your mind's imagination. What, 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 what is a dream made up of? Does anyone know what a dream is made up of? Why do you dream a certain dream? Is she? Projection of the mind. Projection of the mind. But what is it? Desires. Desires? Thoughts? Incomplete thoughts. Something that's bothering you in the day, okay, you've not reached a conclusion, in the dream it'll come up. But the point I'm making is, is that the reason why we give this state so much importance is because it's only in this state that we see or don't see the cause and effect, but we know that there is one. And this is the only one that we can work on to discover our personality, change the things we need to reduce our desires. And we get tangled in all of that. So. This is the only state you can come out of and reach that fourth state. Deep sleep is just dormant, like being in a coma. Dream state, we've already explained. This is the next state, the waking state. Yeah, And, and things are more accurate, time, space, causation, cause and effect. Okay, it's a lot more real. And we have all our equipments available to us. I think the thing is, is that, because um, on here it says, you know, the thought of maybe this even also is an illusion and it's not real, mm -hmm. is the difficulty that I'm having conceptualising that, because because what, ha what I do here and now really matters. There is going to be a cause, yeah. an effect from the cause that I put in. So therefore, to say that it might not be real, that's where you get lost, isn't it? See, you're coming to... If it's an illusion, why would there be an effect from the cause I put in? Because you're still in the state. You're living in this state. So your actions, there has to be a cause and effect of whatever actions you, 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 you do. Just as in the dream. They're not... They're, to you, when you wake up, you feel, well, that was just a dream. But in the dream world, the guy is affected. The person's affected in the dream. You wake up hot and sweaty. This guy was chasing me in the alley. It's only when you wake up you understand. Similarly, this is just a more intricate illusion. It's more difficult to get out because everything's more real. But we also only know that this is an illusion because we're going on people's experience of the, the fourth state. 
we have that available. We have that available to us. We under, we have records of self-realized people, people who've re written open initiatives. They're talking about the fourth state. So we have an idea that there could be a fourth state. They're saying this is an illusion. They've reached that state. So we have that. Secondly, he's saying in this verse, ask yourself these questions. Who is my father? Who is my mother? Who is my? And when you think on these, contemplate on these questions, you'll realize that it's impossible to have had a father. Who was the first father? Who was the first mother? Then it's not conclusive. What's going on? Chicken and egg thing. Chicken and egg thing. Good explanation. Huh? The Matrix film gives a good explanation. That's what people say. I've not seen it though. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you ask yourself these questions, you may come to the conclusion maybe all, what these guys have been saying is, is true. You can't envisage it because you're in the state. But you have this question mark or this thought for a second think, maybe, maybe what these guys are saying has some truth. I don't understand it, but maybe. Let me try. Let me try and uh, follow their footsteps, see what happens. They've told me that following these footsteps is only going to lead to misery. Let me try this footstep. So maybe you'll start trying that and realizing what's going on. And you suddenly find you're becoming more happy. You suddenly find you're more content in life. You're not affected. And that gives you more ammunition to go, you know what, these guys, maybe they're onto something. Let me try. But as you said, we're, we're fortunate to be at this place to be able to understand we're one step away, one step away from the fourth state. Hence, we've got the opportunity to seek ourselves now. So it's adding, added, added intellect, and a yeah. to See, a dream state. Until now, whatever so-called spiritual acts everyone's doing, as he said before is devoid of knowledge. There's no knowledge to what you're doing. So you don't know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and where it's going to get you. So without that, it's like going from here to Scotland. You need to part, make a how am I going to get there? I'm going to go on the M1, then I'm going to go on the M6, and so on. You know how you're going to get there. But if you don't know, you're going to be going round and round the Brent Cross roundabout until you hit, you, someone says, hey, you've got to go this way. This is, this is what we're doing. That's the thing, because you look at the dream state and the wake state, and you don't see anything in the middle. You, you're awake, you go to sleep, you wake up, and you have no recollection of what happened in between of your mind state. You know, exactly. I guess that's what's confusing. Because it seems like an on-off switch between a coma and suddenly someone wakes up. Yeah. But you have no idea of what was going on in their mind to cause that. That's right. So you have to say so this is all explained by self-realized soul. So we have to surrender and say, you know, these people, maybe they know something I don't. It makes sort of sense to me. Let's, let me see. Let me see what they're talking about. Let me at least, uh, you know, explore the ideas. Even if you just think of that, then that's, gr that's great achievement. That's moving up. Let me explore what these guys are saying. Surrender. Yeah. And accept yes, there is something you may not understand it, but it's which is harder. It's that we faith, constantly isn't it? ask questions. So, yeah. You have to ask it's questions. It's the faith that 
you know, what without questioning doing. it. Yeah. See, if you think about it, what's bringing you happiness right now? It's your faith. Faith on what? You don't know what, but it's bringing you happiness. So. But you're questioning it, so it's no longer blind faith. Last verse. Vaimaichan yatreko vishnu vyatham kupyasimaya sahishnu pavasamachitta sarvatratvam vanchasya chirayadi vishnutvam Vaimaichanyatreko Vishnu Vyatam Kupyasimayasahishnuhu Pavasamachitta Sarvatratvam Vanchasyaschiradyadi Vishnutvam In you, in me and elsewhere pervades the one reality, Vishnu. In vain you are angry with me, being impatient. Render your mind inquanimous at all times, if you are keen on the state of Vishnu. There you go. The Lord provides. It's always the next verse, trust me. <laughs> but it's good that you're questioning, because we all know that we're on the right path. If we're questioning and then the next verse answers, we know we're thinking on the same wavelength. I could have easily said, wait till the next, but it's important that we discuss it for everyone's sake. The self is everywhere and in all of us, and the last few verses have shown us how to reach that state. Now it says, don't be impatient. Don't get frustrated to reach this state. Keep your mind calm and peaceful, free from all thought and desire. Only then will the self within emerge and you will reach the ultimate state. Let's just follow the path, surrender, have faith, take your time. I've got to this state, the goal is near. Let me surrender, he'll take me there. He wouldn't have brought you up to this level not to take you to the goal. You've now, now you know that you have to go on the M1 and the M6 to Scotland. Now it's a matter of just taking your time, keeping down to the speed limit, and slowly, slowly you'll get there. <laughs> There's a reference to Vishnu in this verse, but it's not relevant to understand the message, so we're not going to go there. Yeah. It's talking about the um, Vishnu, Mahesh, the three, ent uh, three uh, entities that maintain the world, but it's a different topic and we don't want to go there and cloud, our uh, cloud, our mes uh, cloud the message. So as Shakespeare says, be like an actor on stage. Don't get involved in the role that you're playing. Play, the, play your role the best you can in life and get out. Meaning don't get involved in anything. Just remember, you're not the body, mind, intellect. You're the infinite, infinite self. See, if you take what, if you do what Shakespeare said, 
you take this stance, what happens? You're not affected by any person or anything. And you play your role beautifully whilst aiming to gain the ultimate. You have been given this personality. Use it to get to that goal. Behave like an act on stage. You're not affected by anything because you know my focus is to reach that. All this is requests. But I've created it, I have to deal with it. But I'm not going to be affected because now I need to get to Scotland. When you say I created it, you mean take responsibility yeah. for the cause, the yeah. effects of your actions? Yeah. Your, your state right now is your creation. Whatever state you're at, whatever your personality, that is the best, that's the best equipment you have to get out. Don't have to look at anybody else. You, are, you have the same equipment as everybody else. And now you have the knowledge to, to how to get out. Nothing's stopping you. Next class we'll be drawing out the formula. How the three yogas, what happens after you practice the three yogas and we fill in the blanks to self-realization. What happens when you do it? And you'll then know if you're on the right path. Time's up. <laughs>